Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective. And we're going to be talking about Elon Musk's uh, latest shenanigans and uh, how that relates to somebody who I've noticed a parallel with, the YouTuber PewDiePie, the biggest YouTuber maybe ever. I think he's got the most subscribers still of any uh, solo creator. Anyway, we're going to be looking back at the last several years of PewDiePie's development, and maybe we can uh, notice some patterns and try to predict the fate of Elon Musk. Please leave a like, make sure you're subscribed and hit that join button plus super chat. Any questions, concerns, or support you want to voice. Okay. So we know uh, Elon Musk uh, announced he's going to buy Twitter. It's unclear to me if that sale is completely final, if it's happening or not, but um, obviously it's very big, not only because a private citizen uh, decided to buy Twitter, but also because that is, by the way, an individual rather than a corporation, but also because uh, he he also tweeted out the reason okay, also because he said he wants to like unban Trump possibly or just generally the reason he wanted to acquire Twitter was to promote free speech. And that's controversial because, yeah, it's easy to say free speech. But but what are you going to do when you're actually faced with um, certain movements, certain language, certain things that uh, a lot of people don't want to be around and they don't want to associate with or they consider to be actual threatening uh, speech and movements, then you've got a tough decision to make both financially, legally, morally, and all of that. Um, so obviously it was controversial when Elon announced he's going to acquire Twitter for, in order to promote free speech. Also, he recently, in the last couple months, Elon tweeted out, he said, I've always voted Democrat, but now that the Democrats have become the party of hate, I'm going to vote Republican. And I think he endorsed uh, Ron DeSantis from Florida. He he, uh, he at least suggested he, he thought DeSantis would make a good president. Controversial. And um, let's look back at the development of PewDiePie. Now, PewDiePie uh, bears some similarity to Elon Musk. Both of them are sort of at the top in their domain. So Elon Musk being like the richest man in the world, I believe, and PewDiePie, the biggest YouTuber in the world. Certainly he was in 2016 and 17, around that time. Uh, and a little bit earlier as well. And, and a little bit since PewDiePie, he, he gave, he had this like kind of like untouchable uh, position, like status, like he's, he's just the biggest that there is. And he just seemed to be having so much fun with it, which was uh, inspiring and kind of life affirming. He had this real benevolence to him. Um, he was not, uh, he, he was not going around with a chip on his shoulder, act, uh, playing the victim. But also, he was not going to be pushed around. And like many people around 2016, PewDiePie was making fun of the sort of feminist uh, social justice movement or the forces of that stuff. So a lot of people were speaking up about this sort of new type of feminism and basically calling things rape that have no, no, no proximity to rape, uh, calling things sexist and racist that had nothing to do with the above. So... Uh, PewDiePie, definitely when it came to feminism, he was poking fun at some of the uh, feminists out there. And it was I mean, th th there was a whole like kind of industry on YouTube around kind of poking fun at the feminists because of the way the feminists were kind of bringing it upon themselves with some of their newfound definitions of sexism and uh, similar with racism. The, these like newfound um, definitions of what it means to be racist, B basically being white means you're racist, they were saying, and they still do. Right. So if that's the definition, then there's a lot to poke fun of there, because if 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 you're racist because of the color of your skin, then obviously there's the the irony there. 
um, is palpable. So guys like PewDiePie, he was having a blast just kind of poking fun at the forces of political correctness and uh, third wave feminism and social justice and all of that. But as time passed, I think uh, he real he kind of learned what a lot of people in his sort of anti-social justice movement were learning, which is, first of all, are you real? Is this a hill you want to die on? Like you like being edgy and challenging political correctness. Is this an is this a hill you want to die on? What are you willing to sacrifice for this? And people were learning. First of all, you're going to get demonetized a lot of the time. Like you're going to lose a lot of your livelihood. And that alone was enough to make a lot of people just kind of shrug and say, OK, well, I'm well, I'm out. Um, or furthermore, you're going to be labeled as hateful. You're going to be labeled as a Nazi rightly or wrongly, that's that's going to be pinned to your brand. And again, is this a hill you want to die on? I mean, for some people, the answer is yes. But for, to a lot of people, the answer is like, no, I didn't really sign up for all of this. I signed up to entertain and to have fun. I didn't sign up to, you know, to to die on the hill of fighting political correctness and new wave feminism or whatever you call this social justice shenanigan. Um, another, but, you know, kind of a little bit deeper on the on a philosophical level, a, a popular thing um, anti-social justice people would say early on was everyone's an individual, right? Everyone's a person. Stop trying to put us all in a box and pit us against each other. We're not all part of a community. We're not all part of a group. Everyone's an individual and they could, you know, they got free will. They can make their own decisions and stop trying to uh, tell us all that we're either racist or being a, the victim of racism, right? Stop telling us all that we're all oppressors or oppressed. You know, everyone's an individual, judge everyone individually, right? I mean, that's a common, uh, good, positive message for people to say. But I mean, sooner or later, um, the anti-social justice people were being challenged in this way to a point where they just couldn't really push back, such as they were basically persuaded, a lot of them, that there really is a problem with racism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia that you're not really aware of as someone who's not one of those marginalized groups. And to the extent that you're making fun of these efforts to combat oppression, you're part of the problem. And at a certain point, people just were starting to wonder, like, is it really as bad as they're saying? Maybe it really is as bad as they're saying. And I think the sort of climax of that was when the video of uh, Derek Chauvin's knee on George Floyd's neck was going around. I think there you just saw a lot, a lot of the formerly anti-social justice people they had at this point they'd had they had really grown to despise president trump who was sort of like the uh figurehead of the anti-social justice anti-political correctness uh, scene so they had grown to hate trump so they were kind of like over that whole thing and now they're seeing this image of a of a cop just callously with a hand in his pocket uh resting his knee on the neck of a black man and they just a lot of people just said you know what Black Lives Matter were right all along. You know, a lot of the same people that had challenged the BLM movement back, you know, five years prior. This time around, they just said, let it burn. And uh, as disheartening as it is to even remember what what that what that felt like, you know, I was living in Los Angeles and the fires and the vandalism were rampant. Very disheartening to see people um, apologizing for those riots. That is, you know, basically sanctioning them or or downplaying their severity. Um, but generally people, a lot of people, they were kind of saying, you know what, maybe we should have just stayed out of this whole culture war. And because, you know, clearly racism is systematic. So that's one way that a lot of the anti-social justice people ended up just kind of backing off. They ended up being kind of persuaded that, you know, the left or the 
the social justice warriors, they were onto something all along. But another way that the, that the anti-social justice people were challenged to the point of um, buckling is that they were kind of persuaded by elements of the fringe right that, you know, maybe, maybe identity politics is more valuable than you're giving it credit for. Like, yeah, everyone's a person, but everyone has their in-group. And it seems like everybody except for white guys have their community, right? Like everyone else seems to be cashing in. Everyone else is part of a lobby. So uh, why should we be um, missing out on all that? Why should not really we're the ones being oppressed by not playing this game? And uh, you started to see a lot of the anti-social justice people actually turn into what they were accused of being in the first place, which is not necessarily Nazis, but uh, people who are not shunned by Nazis, people who uh, don't mind um, cooperating with the freakiest of, you know, uh, racist um, people on the right. So um, those are kind of like the two extreme fates of the people that were anti-social justice. A lot of them became, basically they joined the social justice uh, effort or they became kind of the, uh, they became what they were accused of being. They became actual white nationalists or something equally freaky. Um, but the guys like PewDiePie, returning back to him, he just ended up just kind of backing away from the whole thing. At a certain point, he realized, you know, he, he saw the Charlottesville marches, people were holding up swastikas and, and, and he, he, he made a video saying, you know what, maybe my Nazi jokes were not as funny as I thought, or maybe it's time to just put that joke to rest. So he kind of, he, he moved on. He kind of put that all beside behind him, because like I said, not everyone needs to die on this hill, right? Not everyone's like this free speech and comedy uh, extremist. Uh, guys like PewDiePie didn't necessarily sign up for that. And he was just kind of ready to put that all behind. Um, so generally, guys like him, they just kind of like backed away from the whole thing. And they just said, you know what? This is not my calling in life. So let's look at Elon Musk. I mean, similarly, he's kind of uh, doing this anti-social justice thing now that a lot of people have been doing. So basically, I think like the adults have arrived to this party, like the kids, you know, PewDiePie, guys like PewDiePie and, uh, and some of us, some of you watching and me, like we were kind of aware of this so much more aware of it some years in the past, but a lot of people weren't really paying attention to this culture war. Now it's basically everywhere. The word woke is mainstream now. Like everyone knows it. Everyone has heard of critical race theory, whether or not they know what that is. Everyone has heard of, um, you know, whatever the left, this or the, the left that, and Elon Musk is kind of, um, he's kind of like, uh, the figurehead of this kind of new, new trend, this kind of new generation, so to speak, this new class of anti-social justice people. And he's having a lot of fun with it. He thinks, yeah, the, the left is nothing to be afraid of. Let's poke them. Let's make fun of them. I mean, he's in such a position of, of high status, right? But uh, philosophically, um, you got to look at what took place with the anti-social justice people. Like I said, early on, they were saying, yeah, it, just being, everyone's an individual, they said. But at a certain point, if you don't have a philosophy for individualism to rest on. If you don't have a philosophy like objectivism, which the namesake of this channel offers, Ayn Rand, at a certain point, you're, you're living with mixed premises. I mean, I'm not aware of another philosophy other than objectivism that really upholds individualism through and through. It's possible that there is one, but the only one I know of is objectivism because it kind of like points out contradictions in other philosophies in a number of ways, which I can't quite get into right now. Um, but point being, if you don't have 
um, a philosophical, like an integrated philosophy that embraces individualism on every level, you know, epistemology, like it uh, uh, upholds reason. It, like if you don't have a philosophy that says you, the individual can accurately look at reality and judge for yourself. If you don't have a philosophy that says you, the individual can and ought to live selfishly on a, in a rationally selfish way for your own sake and that you are an end in yourself. If you don't have a philosophy that says that, if you don't have a philosophy that says you have rights that are inalienable, your individual rights are sacrosanct, if I pronounce that right, and that the purpose of government is to protect those rights and that you, and that not even this much of your individual rights should ever be violated. If you don't have a philosophy that says all of those things, at a certain point, you're going to be your your contradictions are going to be exploited and you're going to be um, kind of confronted with these contradictions, which is kind of like I said, kind of what we saw with guys like PewDiePie and a lot of the anti-social justice kids. Uh, at a certain point, they're like, yeah, I can't really answer some of these questions that are being uh, hurled upon me and some of these accusations. I'm not really sure how to respond to at a certain point. They just kind of check out. So Elon Musk he's kind of uh, implicitly pushing individualism. He's kind of like saying, kind of like, you know, don't tell me I'm racist and sexist and don't silence our free speech and all that. But at a certain point, he's going to be uh, confronted with some questions that are going to be tough for him to answer if he's not already. Um, so let's say he, he, he entirely acquires Twitter. And uh, I've spoken, we've spoken in the past about some of the um, financial or enter, uh, commercial challenges to having a perfect free speech website on Twitter. Um, commercially, I think Elon is going to be faced with some serious boycotting, some serious, um, you know, advertising or funding problems. I mean, I can definitely see that becoming an issue, but just on a kind of a, on a, an ethical level, he's going to face some serious questions. People are going to say, are you letting these, you know, uh, pro pedophilia people speak on your platform? Are you, are you going to let that or you're letting, you know, if you're not going to um, ban anyone and then you start to see every trending topic is, you know, uh, Charlottesville slogans, you know, Jews will not replace us when the alt-right or the, the white nationalists and all these people are, they're making, uh, they're, they're making ground, they're making headway, they're, they're, uh, they're growing. And they're reaching a lot of people on your website, Twitter. Are you, are you choosing to give them a platform? Are you so confident that, you know, the open exchange of ideas is going to go the way that you think it will? And he's going to have some tough uh, questions to answer in addition to all of the commercial concerns. That's, um, you know, that's kind of one of the things that he's going to face. Uh, and in terms of, you know, what Elon is not really aware of right now. So, like, I don't think he realizes just how um, how good the left, you know, the 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 what do you call them? The woke left, how skilled they are at exploiting people's contradictions, at basically finding their guilt and exploiting it, which is kind of what they do with guys like PewDiePie and make him back away in fear. Uh, but what? Uh, but so not only is Elon similarly as PewDiePie not aware of kind of who he's messing with, but also he's not really aware of like who he's aligning himself with. I don't think he quite understands kind of what's happening among Republicans in recent times, or maybe he's sort of aware, but doesn't kind of see the significance. So what the Republicans have become is a party where anti-constitutionalists, anti-individualists feel right at home. And um, 
populism is where all the energy is, all of the enthusiasm. And how this is going to pan out, I'm not quite sure. But is Elon sure this is something he wants to be a part of? Is he aware of what he's going to be a part of? Um, he's, you know, he, 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 he voiced his support for Ron DeSantis. Are you sure you like what DeSantis did with Disney, Elon? Are you sure that that's a, aligned with your values as somebody who, you know, who, um, who, I don't know, who supports and appreciates the gay community and all of that? Like, are you, are you quite aware also as someone who's sort of a, a businessman? Do you like the way that DeSantis um, interacted with Disney? So, um, that, I mean, and that's the sort of tame um, aspect of what's going on with Republicans. What's going to happen, uh, Elon, if um, you start to uh, be influenced by elements of the, of the right who are really, really focused on demographics? And you see a little bit of uh, tweets from Elon recently talking about birth rates and stuff like that, which is not in it itself um, you know, a taboo topic talking about birth rates, but it, uh, can often lead to other issues. I mean, you look at, uh, another one of these anti-social justice guys from the past who backed away from the whole thing, a YouTuber named John Tron. He also, he thought like, oh, this is this anti-political correctness thing is so fun. Yeah. He said the white people are not having enough babies and our Western values are going to be, you know, uh, eliminated within a couple generations. And then, uh, as you can imagine, he got hit with a lot, a lot of criticism and he backed away from the whole thing. He said, you know what? I'm just here to entertain. Similarly, uh, if Elon Musk starts hanging out with Republicans and hearing some of their charismatic speakers and and then he starts tweeting out, yeah, you know, our Western values really uh, are under pressure, like uh, under threat if we don't have more Western babies and. Uh, again, he doesn't quite understand necessarily who he's aligning himself with and what he's getting into. Now here again, philosophy is kind of what we need. We need a philosophy that identifies what actually are Western values. Is it, a, is it about certain families having enough babies or is it uh, more of a universal thing? The, the universalism of the enlightenment, which the conservatives have recently explicitly rejected. Um, it, the universalism, once you see that, like the universalism that that uh, you, you see implicitly in a place like Silicon Valley, that you see in Elon Musk's various successful companies, the people from all over the world uh, pursuing happiness, pursuing success, pursuing their own career selfishly and rationally. That's Western values. Those are Western values. And that's not going away. Well, it could be going away, I guess, because uh, like I, I could see somebody saying, yeah, but those Silicon Valley people are not having enough babies. Whereas let's say um, people from third world countries are moving to Western countries and having babies, whatever. And they're bringing, let's say, socialist ideas with them or, well, socialism's a, a sketchy one because a lot of, a lot of people are pro-socialism all over the place. But, um, but, um, you know, they would say, you know, they're, they're, you know, let's say Muslims uh, flooding in are going to uh, breed faster and you're going to see Western values, enlightenment values go away. They might answer. Um, but again, it's like if you truly have a, a philosophical grasp of Western values, of the enlightenment values, you truly understand them. And again, you can see a philosophy like objectivism being paramount in doing so, then you're able to properly defend enlightenment values, individualism, you're able to easily then confront the left or the freaky right. You're able to um, embrace liberty. You're able to promote liberty without being afraid of which, um, who, of which people, of which forces are going to exploit this liberty in order to um, promote tyranny, which is 
kind of what you hear from conservatives recently. They say, look, we gave liberty a chance and the left used it to promote tyranny. They say, you know, big tech, this and um, education and uh, like in all these various ways, the left are using liberty against us. And so maybe liberty is not all it's cracked up to be. Um, so again, like Elon Musk, I'm not sure he's aware of this whole jungle he's stepping into. And it's quite possible that within a certain amount of time, Elon Musk will just kind of like take a deep breath and say, you know what? I bit off more than I can chew. And he'll just kind of back away from this whole thing, just like PewDiePie did. And he'll get right back to what he enjoys and what he's good at. In PewDiePie's case, it was, you know, making entertaining content. And in Elon Musk's case, it's, you know, going to Mars and building a really cool, fast car and whatever else uh, he chooses to do as a businessman. All right, time for your super chats. And I'm going to take a sip of my wonderful Western cappuccino. Mary Aline, thank you for the $2. Free trade with 20 sex. I don't know how to pronounce that, but I think that's Swedish. Good to see we're reaching the Swedes. Here in America, we've heard wonderful things about you and uh, all of your beauty. Jonathan with $2.99, thank you. Bonnie with $2 says he's winging it, so it so could go either way. Yeah, I mean, we can't quite predict what's going to happen, but we know kind of what his options are, right? Like we've kind of seen this play out over and over again. So at certain point, you can sort of make predictions and you could be wrong. But like I, you know, I said uh, around 2017, I told Dave Rubin and and, and Sargon of Akkad and various others. I said, I said, within a few years, you're all just going to be Republicans, but probably not the religious type, more just like the, the secular nationalist type. And turns out I was I was right. But even worse than I thought, like they're. They're both nationalist and religious. It's, it's definitely the worst of all worlds, what's happening among Republicans recently. And uh, so, I mean, you can predict. I mean, this is why philosophy is so important. So I know people like me, we sound like, um, we sound like, uh, I don't know what we sound like when I say like, it's objectivism or you're fucked. Excuse my language. I know that's not a, it's not a very persuasive thing to say, but I mean, philosophy matters. And if you don't have, a philosophy that upholds individualism with a uh, a good um, you know a good epistemology, a good uh, view of politics and all of that, a good ethics. Sooner or later, you start to see why tyranny kept winning, why altruism and collectivism kept on overtaking, uh, like why good periods of history kept on falling falling down and getting swallowed by bad philosophies. So it's like at a certain point, it's like you yes, you do need a good philosophy, or you really are effed. Marilyn with $2 says, do you think Elon Musk is principled? I mean, yeah, I think he is. But the question is, which principles does he really care about? So at a certain point, uh, the way he's challenging the left, at a certain point, he's going to kind of need to ask himself, am I sure I disagree with the left this much? And is this how I want to spend my life? Like, does this matter to me more than everything I've built in my life and all my other values? So at a certain point, it's like, Maybe his principle is not necessarily in fighting the left. Maybe his deepest principles are basically promoting, um, you know, pluralism, whatever, uh, tolerance. Maybe he'll end up deciding like many people did. You know what? Really gays and blacks and trans and and uh, and, and women really are as oppressed as the left said. And we should all really do our part. And that's one thing he might say another or he might go off the deep end on the opposite side or most likely, as my prediction is, he'll back away from the whole thing and he'll say, I bit off more than I can chew. And my principle really is um, 
running my business and being a good person. Uh, Roland with 199 says, here's for universalism. On that, we, I will raise my cappuccino. Thank you for joining us today, Bonnie with the 149. Thank you for that super chat. Really nice to uh, get some super chats. Thank you for your support. And please make sure you leave a like on this video or I will personally make sure Elon Musk's, Musk bans all of you from Twitter. See, I got to gotta, uh, go with fear. Got to go with threats. I'm joking, of course. Um, Daniel, I don't know why I'm saying that. Producer tells me no upcoming shows. No upcoming shows today, which is the exception that proves the rule. Most, most daily objectives end with a long list of announcements. So my point being here, this network brings you a lot of wonderful content, more than you probably even have time to consume. So uh, might want to think of becoming a member just because you support this network. And furthermore, because there's even more content behind the paywall and even more important, because you don't want the left to win. Thank you for joining us today. This was a wonderful little uh, discussion, my favorite type of discussion where I do, do the talking and you do the listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Daily Objective. It's going to be me and Nikos Sotirakopoulos. I believe. I could be wrong. Don't hold me, but I think that's what's up. All right. See you all tomorrow. Thank you and goodbye.